Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Greg Halford this week, ladies and gentlemen. Have you got a list of clubs? I haven't. I have. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? Colchester, Braintree, Reading, Sunderland, Charlton, Sheffield United, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Portsmouth, Nottingham, Brighton Hove Albion, Rotherham, Birmingham, Cardiff, Aberdeen, Southend, Waterford, Billericay, hashtag United. That is actually Nottingham Forest, not just Nottingham, because I know people oh, do get offended by that. He so. does that a lot. Yeah. Play for Sheffield. So, possibly one of my worst ever tackles uh, done on Greg. So I'm going to apologise straight away. We're at the Greenwood Sports Pub and Kitchen today, stones throw from Victoria Underground, and the home of the World Cup. The World Cup, randomly. Kiss it. Well, should we get Greg in? Yeah. 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 Greg. Come on, Greg. There's only one place to start, isn't there? What, Greg trying to kick my fucking head off? That that was like self-defence, that. Was that the playoff game? That was the playoff game. Second leg. Yeah, I ought to have done it fucking hard and he wouldn't have scored, would he? Preston. Preston, Sheffield United, semi-final. Two games from the promised land. And this big galoot. (laughs) 1-0. It's Did it come off your shoulder as well, by the way? What, the header? It was one of them. Shoulder top corner. Nah, it just got above Mulwenny and, and Ledge, wasn't it? It was a great editor, to be fair. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I was right behind it. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot you played as well. I mean, <laughs> so not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've told it loads of times, but he, we never played me and him together. Yeah. During the season, it would be me or him. Mm-hmm. Mainly. Me. And then the second leg, he's completely changed it. He's, done, he's played me and him up front. Me and up up front and went for a diamond, so we didn't play any wingers. It makes no sense because you no. want you want crosses in the box for you two, and you've got fucking Kyle Norton and Kyle Walker yeah. bombing up and down the wing. Yeah, so it was nil nil in the first leg at our place. Or was it one all? No, it was one all. One all. Yeah, Brian Howard scored. Then second leg was nil nil half time, and can you remember coming in at half time? Alan Irvine. Just went, went round every single player. You've shit it. You've shit it. You've shit it. Right the way around us all. And was nil nil. Nil nil. That's crazy. Yeah, it was. There wasn't much in the game, was it? No, neither, not much at all. Game. So what happened with the assault? It's one of them. 
<laughs> I'd love to. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> it's bouncing up. And, and I've seen Greg's foot going high and I've thought... I'm going higher. No, because I was lower. He was lower. But, but Greg's were on a bit of an angle where I just went straight, straight leg. Actually hurt my knee. So it must have hurt your fucking knackers. <laughs> Did I you get breathe. hit? Did you, no, no. Just so a, what, it, what happened was I chested it up knowing that you were coming from the front. So I knew I had to hook it over. So the ball was going to be high. But I was never expecting... This, all six studs coming <laughs> right into my buttocks. Yeah, it was, I could not breathe for about two minutes afterwards, honestly. It's the sickness feeling you get as well. When I've done it, I thought, I'm, I'm done here. Did you get a yellow? Yeah, I think it was worthy of a yellow. <laughs> I definitely got a yellow. Were you after him after that? Yeah, with the, yeah. No, with the words no not really, because the whole game I was, I was battered in that game. I had to come off it in the end. It was just, it was so scrappy. Yeah, and, it was awful. And the challenges were so late. You know, I remember Chris, Chris Morgan and Mulwenny squaring up to each other first half. There's only one winner there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, oh, you're off. not messing with Chris. <laughs> Back off, you, <laughs> but, yeah. you fucking pig. Yeah, yeah, you're not messing with Morgs. He was on a different level. He like he try and like if you shook his hand, he'd try and break your hand. It's he a firm like, one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a firm one. He'd try and break your hand. Look in your eye. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you think that you're shit it in the final or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We just didn't turn up. You look at our squad compared to Burnley's, and that's no disrespect to Burnley because they were a good team. Um, we should have walked that game. We should have walked the league. You know, James Beattie first half of the season, Danny Weber, Billy Sharp, Arturo Lupoli, Morgs, Kilgallen. Kyle Walker, Kyle Norton, like Paddy as well. Unbelievable. It's, it was an unbelievable team. This but is a groundbreaking day, this as well. 250 episodes. This could be the first time someone spoke well of Kevin Blackwell. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak badly of Blackie because he took me to the club. He put me as a striker, which I loved. But on the same point, if we had a manager like Warnock, we would have won the league. So basically what you're saying is... <laughs> not, don't put words in my mouth. Don't put words in my mouth. So basically what you're saying is, thank you very much for ringing to me the, to the club, uh, Blackie, but you were fucking crap. <laughs> no, he, he wasn't crap. In terms of like tactical awareness, he wasn't, he wasn't the best. Crap. Um, but, uh, but I think he'd say the same thing. His philosophy was, and it... it it was after every game we lost that season, we didn't run hard enough. We didn't mm. run far enough. And if we run far enough and outwork the other team, we will always win. But again, we still managed to get to the playoff final. We still should have done the job no matter what. And we had the players to do it. It's just... But like you said, you had the players to walk the league. Yeah. Like, could he be manager and gotten got the playoff final, do you think? One of them ones where the players kind of see seniors through. Yes, you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it, He had to manage such a big squad. You know, we had, like I said, Billy Sharp, Danny Webber, Craig Beatty, James Beatty. We had all these strikers. And then for some reason, he decided to meet, put me as a striker. And I ended up being top sc scorer that season as well. Where did that come, come from? Like... I'm well, assuming you were, were you playing right back or right wing for the I came in as, as a right back from Sunderland. We had 
uh, Sunji High from Man City, uh, who was also a right back. We had Kyle Norton coming through. That was his first season. And then halfway through the season, Kyle Walker decided to turn up as well. Um, so we had four right backs, four very good right backs, three if you take me out. Um, so he had to find a place for me. And but you've got a lot of strikers as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was it was literally so we we kind of played a four three three. We had a fluid front three. So sometimes I'd go over to the left or the right and Sharpie or Dave Cotchell. We had Nathan Dyer as well. Um so oh, they it, did have a squad, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> we done well to we done well we done well to fucking only get beat one nil, didn't we? Shower <laughs> shit. Result. <laughs> yeah, so it was just it was a fluid front three with a, a stable uh, team behind us. Um, so it was just that go and do what you have to get, have to do to go and win the game. I Had remember you played up front a bit before? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so when I was at Colchester coming through, um, my problem as a player was consistency. Being a young player, I couldn't do three games in a week. Um, I'd always have a dip. So they found that um, if they changed my position, um, they'd get a bit more out of me. A bit more consistent. Uh, yeah. What, third game go up from? Yeah. Um, so I ended up having a few games as a striker for Colchester. And then I probably played about 10 games for, and then I got an England under 21 call up and Peter Taylor played me as a, as a striker for the 21s as well. Like a number nine? Yeah, number nine. Yeah, so I was, that, isn't it with that boy. Fuck it. Where's he gonna play this week? Yeah. But, uh, right wing. Yeah. Did you just learn on the job? Like. Yeah, just learned on the job. Just learned there and then, because I played centre back a little bit as well. I always thought, well, I know how to play centre back. What does a centre back hate from a striker? So I kind of try and take that into playing as a striker, doing stuff that a centre back would hate me to do. Um, so yeah, I ended up playing. I think I got four caps for the 21s as a striker and one as a holding midfielder. You know, utility belt. Yeah, I did. I did. I mean, Swiss I was Army knife. I was subkeeper at Sheffield United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you don't like I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. No, did yeah. It was. Um, it started obviously back in the day. We, you could only put five subs on the mm. bench, couldn't you? And um, I thought, I think Neil Warnock was the first first manager to do it. Where you wouldn't put a subkeeper on the bench, you'd just have five outfield players. So before me, it was um Jagielka. Jag Jags, yeah. Mm. So we he'd train one day a week with the keepers and be a subkeeper while he was playing. Uh and then after Jags left, it was me. Who was your manager at Colchester? Uh Phil Parkinson. He's another one that's featured heavily. Mm -hmm. Was he all right? Yeah, I like Park. He's um it was his first managerial job. Came in into Colchester and, you know, essentially got us promoted. Little old Colchester getting into the championship. It was, it was a massive thing. He gets a bit of stick for not liking confrontation and stuff, Parkinson. Is that just... I guess some people are like that, aren't they? The, the, the managers, they just want to pick the team and they don't want any earache off the players. Yeah, and we at that time, we didn't have any sort of big egos in that team. You know, Fags, Craig Fagan, you could probably say... A bit of an ego on him, but at the same, he backed it up with his performances. But yeah, he, me and him collided a couple of times in changing rooms, um, thinking that I wasn't running enough. And I remember one time in 
in the change room, I think it was at MK Dunn's. You remember them polystyrene cups, plastic cups that you used to have? He, he's picked one up and he's gone to throw it at me and he's fling back all the drinks come out of the, out the cup and he's thrown this plastic cup and it's just gone <laughs> like this and it's just not gone anywhere. And I was, I was like, I was trying not to laugh at like make it worse. And he was fucking, I was like, oh, Jesus, what do I do here? Kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, I'll just take it on the chin. Is that right? You know, before you signed for Redden, you, I think we played just at Colchester. Is that right? When did Keen, Keen and Quinn try and tap you up? Yeah. Yeah, so I, <clears throat> it was it was obviously the season where Sunderland were really struggling first half of the season. We ended up playing Sunderland away at the Stadium of Light in December and they were second from bottom and we ended up getting a draw. And um, at that time they did uh, home and away man of the match. So me and Grant Ledbetter had home and away man of the match. We were held in this, in this room before being presented to the the fans in some boardroom and um Quinny comes in and he was like what are you doing on in January like we'd like to sign you kind of thing and I was like at that time I had literally 90% of the Premier League wanting to sign me um and I was like well they're second at the championship I don't really want to go um because I know I'm going to go straight to the Prem in January so I just said look I'm flattered, but I think things are going to happen differently in January. I don't know what's going to happen, knowing that I was going to go to the Premier League. And um, they just kept tabs on me. And obviously I ended up going to Reading in January and they just kept tabs on me and ended up getting me in, in the summer. You, you, you've been at Colchester for five years, am I right? I came through point. the youth team, so youth team. I was there for... How long had you been in the first team? So I made my debut at 17 and I ended up leaving a month after I turned 21. So I think I played 142 times right. and before what, 21. And like you said, you you had a lot of the Premier League clubs circling. Yeah, I think it was only Chelsea and Spurs that didn't put an offer in. Flipping heck. Why did you choose Redden? I thought at that time I didn't want to go too big too quickly. Um, I thought it'd be harder for me to get into the team, whereas Reading kind of mirrored Colchester to a certain point where it was a family club, it was a smaller club in the Premier League. I thought I'd be able to fit well into the way that they played and obviously speaking to Koppel and, and that, um, I just felt that it would have been best for me and my career going to the next level after that. Um, Were they looking to replace Mert? Was Murty around then? Yeah, Mertz was around. So he'll have been number one right back. Yeah, so he was club captain, so he would have been first choice. And then we had um, De La Cruz, the Colombian right back as well. So I knew it wasn't going to be, it was going to be hard to get into the team. Um, but I knew Mertz was quite injury prone. He was getting towards the end of his career. Um, so it was really between the next season it would have been between me and Dela Cruz um for that for that right back and yeah didn't really work out that way why what, what was the you sign you obviously Premier League club how long was it when you thought I don't think my face fits here it wasn't a case it was uh it wasn't that case at all it was um it was one of them ones where I knew I was going to be patient I knew I had to be patient and even if I didn't play for the first six months 
being the record signing, <clears throat> I didn't really mind because I signed a four-year deal. I, I know I was going to be there for a fairly, fairly long time. And um, it was just about fitting in. This was a new club for me. I'd never sort of changed clubs in my life. Um, so it was, right, let's try and learn as much as I possibly could in the first six months. Obviously, it was frustrating. I wanted to play. I was going to say, because he played 100-odd games already, first-team games. And that was that was a difficult part of it. It was, it was hard, but at the same time, I knew that I needed to be patient, and eventually I would get that chance and I would take it. Um, so I think it was the first game, the first home game I came on against Portsmouth as a left midfielder. <laughs> we, yeah, we were losing. We were losing the game, so you wanted me to come on just try and get the ball in the box with my throw-ins. Uh, they were under the cosh a little bit. Excuse the pun. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was my first first game. I think I played 15, 20 minutes or so. Um, and that was a, a good introduction for me because Portsmouth at that time were very good. They had all like the African guys, Suleiman Tari and players like that who were very, very good players. Was there a bit of a, say if you went, I'll use Newcastle as an example, like a bigger, a bigger Premier League club. Yeah. Would, do you think you'd have been better going there as second or third choice and having that six months as opposed to going to Redden. I've really disrespected Redden now. I, don't, I understand <laughs> that, but do you know what I'm trying to say? If you're at, yeah. I'm to say Man United, if you go to Man United as third choice and you go, right, fuck me. I'm at one of the biggest clubs in the world. Yeah. I can be third choice and hopefully in six months I'll be ready. But at Redden, it feels like, are they going to be in the league next year? What? I knew from January, I knew they were going to be in the league. I think we missed out on European football by a goal. So from January to the end of the season, it was just maintaining what they'd done in the first half. So I know they were on uh, a bit of a roll. Uh, they were winning games and I knew that it would take time, but obviously hindsight's a beautiful thing, isn't it? So potentially going to a big club may have been better, but I'll still stick by my choice and go into Reading. And having that experience, obviously couple being a, a seasoned manager and knowing knowing everything that he knows and disappointment once again knew it me honestly I, 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 I didn't fancy this one I hate international breaks and it just made it even worse I really fancied it <laughs> so I can only apologise because I did push that one on you yeah, yeah. yeah. So with the British Isles and the British Isles let us down once again well, congratulations, everyone who took the winnings. Though, if they put your fiver in, you've got your tenner in your uh, account. No need to thank well us. Well done. I knew it was going to be You're a sticky welcome. week for us. You're welcome. It's fault. Knew it. Thanks to Fair Play, I'm taking the reins this week. Yeah. I am going for, and I think this is the best bet ever on my part. Manchester City, Liverpool, over 2.5 goals. Are we picking a game each? Yeah, let's pick a game each then. I think you should. quick to criticise me when I don't win. So let's do it each. Do one each. So Liverpool, Man City, over 2.5 goals in the game. You'll pick the over 2.5. I'm going to go Arsenal, Brentford. I reckon that's going to be a goals galore. Chelsea, Newcastle. So Banker. that's his bet. Liverpool, Man City. Brentford, Arsenal. Yeah. Chelsea, Newcastle. There we go. Over 2.5. On all three games? All three games. So Couldn't be any clearer. Once again to Fairplay for sponsoring the series. And as you may or may not know, we've got our bet every week. And so we're saying over 2.5 goals in all three of them games. 
So if you've not signed up already, sign up, use the code COSH, you'll get the under the COSH bet. And that's our bet this week. So if you put a fiver on, if we and don't get over 2.5 yeah. goals in all them games, you're going to win a fiver. So it's us against you guys. But you can have a you can have a bet with your mates. Oh, you can do your own stuff in between, but this is us against them. So yeah. if you if you bet your mate that uh, you'll shoot a better round at golf than him, put your fivers in. If you do, collect his fiver. I've been enjoying it mm-hmm. as well. Oh, we did it and we've uh, uh, we had our pint down in. Victory! £10 better off. Thank you very much, gentlemen. That's where working in a bar has come back. Yeah. To bear its fruits. Well, we, I we, thought you two, I, I thought you'd be a good guzzler. I, I'm a big gulper. Yeah. Two, yeah. two gulps, little burp, two gulps. So time-wise, it's not too bad, but I can't do it straight off the bat. No gullet. I no. can't. Spend yeah, the, the gullet is a problem gullet. Mm. <laughs> I'll be spending well done, my money Chris. wisely. Uh, if you're not already involved with the fur play, use, the link's in the description. Use that code COSH, and uh, you'll get the under the COSH bets. Thanks once again to fur play. <laughs> for uh, sponsoring the series. And obviously, you've got to be over 18 and gamble responsibly. Like we say, it's just a bit of fun. Bit of fun between Golf, you. We've been laugh with it, haven't we? Nights out, anything you want. Links in the description. Get yourself involved. What point did you think this... Uh, I'm going to have to move somewhere. I'm going to have to change it because how long were you there in total? I signed end of January. You left in the summer? And I left in the summer, yeah. You didn't want to leave though, did you? No, I didn't want to leave. Um, I was on holiday at the time in the Maldives and I had a, I had a call from the director of football, Nicky, Nicky Hammond. And he said, oh, we've had an offer from Sunderland. We're considering it. What are your thoughts? And I was like, look, I'm on holiday. It took me back a little bit because I wasn't expecting being a record signer and wasn't expecting to move anytime soon. Come back from holiday, go into the training ground, do a bit of training. Uh, by myself and with James Harper and um couple was there one day and he pulled me in and he was like look what do you want to do I was like I've got unfinished business here I'm your record signing I don't want to go anywhere and he was like fine done we'll we'll we'll, we'll stick at that and then a week later Nicky Hammond uh called my agent and was like we're going to accept this you're going to be third choice right back as soon as he said I was going to be third choice right back, I was I was on the next flight to Newcastle. What, what did they pay for you, Redden? Redden paid two and a half. And what did Sunderland offer? Three and a half. And I played three games. It's profit. It's, yeah, it's, it's a good business. <laughs> yeah. It's a great business deal. Excellent business. Yeah. From, from your position that you were six months ago of having the Premier League to choose from. Yeah, exactly. Two Premier League moves in space of six months. Yeah. At 21, it's, it's not really heard of, but... Yeah, like I said, I didn't want to go. And then I flew up to Newcastle. Well, I flew up to Sunderland and um, had a chat with Keno. <laughs> Before we move on, we had obviously Leroy on and John Harley got in touch um, wanting to set the record straight. But I think Leroy gave you a bit of stick, didn't he? Was it about the way you settled in or something? I can't really remember it. Yeah, so obviously I'm, I haven't told anyone this in, in the football world or anything, but like I'm on the spectrum of autism. So change and not knowing that at that time, fitting into a new group, a group of people and changing the way I, way I lived, where I lived, uh, being away from my family, um, my girlfriend at the time, I found it very, very hard. Like it was hard to 
um, interact with people. I never, after training, I never wanted to go into the cafeteria because I didn't want to be around. Yeah, I felt awkward. I didn't, it was just a weird sensation. So I would just go home. So I do my training. Um, obviously being on the pitch is completely different. Like that's, that's my area. That's, I control myself there. But when it's small, intimate groups, it's always, it was, I found it very difficult at that sort of time. Do you think as well, because you, you weren't straight in the team, you said you feel better if you're playing, you're all right. Yeah. So if you'd come in as number one right back playing these games, do you think you'd have settled in better on the back of probably. getting to know people on the pitch? And- yeah, yeah, probably. Because um, that's how I found out about people. That's how I interacted with people. And then obviously once they hear me on the pitch and know what type of person I am on the pitch, it's, it's a little bit easier to interact with people. And you feel confident after that? Yeah, exactly. See, I, I used to hate signing for a new club. It's, it is very awkward. Mm. But me, I used to like a night out. I'd get to know people on a night out. Yeah. And I then know. I'd think, coming Monday, and I'd be like, ah, oh, I'm kind of got, yeah. 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 I, I, know, I never went out. That, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never went out. Do you know that diagnosis? Had you had it at that time? No, I didn't have it at that time. Um, I only found out I did the diagnosis um, after I had my son, when he was diagnosed. Right. And he was he was exactly the same as me yeah. when I was his age. And does that help getting that diagnosed in terms of understanding? Understanding everything. I always yeah. knew that I was different in, in some kind of way. I just didn't understand, I didn't understand what it was. It. Yeah. And so um, it was one of them things where, but football gave me that way of, I was being put into so many different new situations that I was able to grow. And by the time I was moving to places like Portsmouth, I'd already had four or five moves. And it was, every time it was a lot easier to interact with people and I just learned and I grew and like, I could just go into a new club today and I'd be comfortable in in doing that. If you didn't like settling in places, you went the wrong way about it. clubs yeah, moving was, bouncing from one to another yeah it was tough but at the same point if i if i'd known that diagnosis at that time i still wouldn't have told anyone yeah. because i wanted to learn for myself i wanted to grow as a person and make the mistakes that i needed to make in order to be better in the future so do you think that that diagnosis <clears> though <throat> if you had known about it did you do you think being unable to settle has played a part in you moving from club to club because maybe from management team looking from the outside looking in it might look like you're not settling yeah, yeah i know what you mean yeah no 100 percent. but again i still i i wouldn't have told anyone mm. i wouldn't have told anyone like going from Kino, who was obviously a hard ass um doing the way doing everything the way he wants it which was fine to mick mccarthy next time it was difficult, but I still wouldn't have told him. I still would have made my mistakes. But at that time, football's changed so much now. It's you're allowed to make mistakes and still play on a Saturday. Whereas back then, when we were playing, if you made a mistake, you were kind of out of the team. Um, and that was that was the way it was. And I made a few mistakes up in Sunderland, and Kino washed his hands of me. I was I was thinking that it's a ruthless place and at the changing room lads can be ruthless. So you, if you know a new signing comes in and, and like you said you you felt a bit awkward, lads will straight away be like, you know, he doesn't I'd, even, I'd doesn't even want to be here. I would I would tell yeah. when you signings. <laughs> but I think um, obviously lads who you've played with now you've obviously told told us that 
they're probably going to look at you in a totally different light now. Yeah. And that's what I didn't want at that time. I didn't want any special treatment. I didn't want to do anything different. I wanted them to take me as me at that time. Um, and that yeah, is you, isn't it? Yes, it is. But at the same time, I didn't want managers or coaching staff or players just to give me any sort of special treatment. Like I'm going to give him a bit more time because he has this diagnosis or, mm. or what. Like I needed to make them mistakes uh, for me as a person. I didn't mm. do it for anyone else. It, that was me as a person. And that may be selfish, but as much as football is a team sport, people are still very selfish mm. in, in this game. See, I don't know, because I think I feel like everybody has to... I think it's selfish the way that everybody has to fall in line with getting some stick and having to deal with it. Like every, it, you're saying that everybody has to be this way. Everybody should be strong enough yeah. to deal with it. Well, no, everybody's yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Where it's a ruthless place because it a is. lot of footballers don't. You just think that yeah, you should be one of us now. Yeah, exactly. Why are you not sapling? It, it, and that's where like the initiation songs come in to play, and you can do it. I bet you've had I'll a just pay the fine. Have you had a backlog? <laughs> you had a full playlist of them. Haven't you? <laughs> yeah, no, I just paid <laughs> the fine. Did you? Did yeah, you? I just paid so the fine. even that is See, straight away. I'm lads. thinking he's a fucking yeah. asshole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just so, get up yeah. and sing. You don't. You don't have to be good. Yeah, that's yeah, right. No. Fucking get up and sing. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I'd like literally be sweating and shaking and I just, I, I wouldn't be able to move. Here you go, here's the money. So straight away, the lads would be like, oh, he's, he's too big. He's got, yeah, he's too big to sing. And that, and that no. was, that was the, the persona that I gave off, especially at Colchester. You speak to anyone at Colchester in that team, they'd think that I was very big time and like arrogant and it just wasn't the case. I was just caught Inchilla. inside myself. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Tell us about the first time you met Keane. <laughs> so Keane, <clears throat> obviously he was he was keeping tabs on me for for them six <coughs> six months, and um, I flew up there, met him, went into his office, and um, I was told by my agents that asking these sort of questions, like who else are you going to be signing? Um, because I was his first signing, uh, summer signing that season, freshly into the Premier League. So I thought, well, if I'm going to leave summer, a team like Reading, who finished seventh, I, I'm going to need to know what type of players you're going to be bringing in and what your aspects and dreams and goals are for the next season. So I asked him that question. Oh my God, the daggers that I got. I was like, <laughs> It may have been a mistake. So Roy, then, tell me your plans for the summer. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, so what? Who's on the show list? Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. I was like, oh, it was me giving him the interview. And I was like, yeah, this could be. And then I read his book. And he's got a whole chapter about me in his book. And uh, he said, I should have just pulled the plug there and then. I was like, well, because of, because of Because that of that question. question. He said, I came in, slumped in my chair like this, asked him, oh, so who else are you going to be signing then? <laughs> it just over-exaggerates everything and it just wasn't that case at all. <laughs> See, do you know, if I'm signing for your club, I don't give a fuck who they're signing. Like, as long as they're signing me. But it's, it's one of them where you think, oh, you're making a good impression. Yeah. Like, you're, yeah. I'm interested you, in... You want to grow with and the you've, you, you've been fed this information. I've been fed this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been fed it. It's just it's probably the biggest mistake that I'd made in my football career was asking him that question. And could you see that on his face? Yeah, it, like, it, it took him back. And he was like... And I just thought, oh, he's taking him back. That's a good thing. I was like... 
uh, on hindsight, it was like, I've taken him back. This is a bad thing. <laughs> this is a very, very bad thing. And from that, he just never talked apart from, I don't know whether you've got it. There was this article that came out in the sun saying that a few players had been doing the coke and getting a bit naughty on team nights out. And, um, well, he that said, he said this and I, it was on the message boards and he got wind of these message boards saying that they had a video of me with this blonde girl on a night out, like sniffing coke off her stomach and it turned into Chinese whispers and it, then it turned into me, Anthony Stokes, Ross Wallace, Liam Miller. We were all on this party doing coke. coke. Yeah. Doing all this <laughs> coke with an orgy of girls and he, he's pulled us in one by one and he was like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? He said, like, all these messages I'm getting about you doing coke. And I'm like, it's news to me. Give me a drug test now and I'll prove it to you. And he never did it. And, well, he did. But because of the other lads, they were Irish or ex-Man United or Irish and ex-Man United, they had all preferential treatments. So you it was love me. Ross. I remember yeah. love Ross Wallace. Yeah. So it was me doing six months of drug testing, random drug testing for six months to prove that I didn't do it. And the and others just got And the rest of the lads that were no, involved in the whispers didn't, didn't have to do it. Didn't have to do anything. I took us back to when he pulled us in for the, the video. I got probably the year before. Was that with Lenny and Ben? Yeah. Yeah. Seen got, it? No, I haven't <laughs> seen it. I haven't good seen it. But I, I genuinely think that's why I think because... The fans didn't see me playing. They wanted to make up some sort of story because of what had happened the year before. Oh, so it was my fault. <laughs> Sorry, it's man. all your fault. It's all your fault. You dirty fans. shagging bastard. He was just sat there like an interrogator. <laughs> he was. He was sound with us though. He was not, like, "What was she like?" <laughs> he was really relaxed about that. No, he must have firmed firmed down a bit. No, he. Um... <laughs> what you said with Lenny and Ben, and then it was like, "Oh yeah, that was Russell Crowe." <laughs> <laughs> Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. It's good. <laughs> so, so every every uh, so you were just having random drug tests. Random drug tests for the next six months. And were you at, were you actually going out partying? In the I didn't have a. I didn't go out once. Uh, the, the only time that I would go out was as a team night out, but I would never go out in Newcastle. It just wasn't my thing. Hmm. Um, like you said, Amongst the fans, those whispers all yeah. the way up they? there. Yeah, there were three. Unbelievable. Three Is yeah. it true? You know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still get people messaging me saying like, "You still on the gear and that," and I'm like, <laughs> "Absolute jokers." There was one quite recently said they were out when I was at something. Somebody asked us the time when I was out, and I've said twenty past three grand. And I'm like, I didn't even have a what? I didn't even have a watch. <laughs> <laughs> like fifteen years later. <laughs> You look on the back Still of the podcast. Gets mentioned. I asked him for the time in the lamp and worm, and he said twenty past three grand. <laughs> the lamp and worm. Lamp and worm. Weatherspoons. <laughs> what <laughs> fuck me? So did you like? So did you come out of the room, think, phone your agent, and say, "Why the fuck have you asked me, told me to ask that?" Well, at that time, he, he didn't really let on that he was that pissed with me. Um, you thought you'd done all right. I thought I'd done all right. Yeah. And he was he was going on. I think he was going to be giving you a yeah. call that night. So yeah. And he, See what he, you thought. A couple of signings. Did you give it the whole clear? I'm just putting a, putting a 15 million bid in for Messi. It's, no, no, no. All right. Then, <laughs> we'll Fronts are coming down to the negotiations. <laughs> 
Yeah, I didn't get any inkling at that time. He was pissed with me, but he just had, he just wanted to find any excuse to get me out. Had you played a game yet when, when you had this conversation? No, no, I hadn't even signed. Fuck me. So he's known then, hasn't he, that yeah. you're, not, he's, you're not for him? Yeah. And still spent three and a half million quid. Yeah, yeah. And then gave me, gave me the number two shirt as well in pre-season. So it'd be his first choice right back. So he played eight games. Did you start the season? Oh. I was injured for the start of the season against Spurs. And we ended up winning 1-0 at home. Uh, Michael Chopra scored. Um, and then I started the next game, Birmingham away. So as soon as I was fit, he, he started. Yeah. So, yeah, so that might be being a bit harsh then. He's obviously given you a chance, hasn't he? He hasn't just washed his hands of you straight Yeah, he away. gave me the chance. He, he gave me the chance, but it was... It was like very stop, start, stop, start. And it was like... Did you get a couple of red cards? <laughs> yes, I did, yeah. Yeah, one well, again. That sounds like it wasn't Keane's fault that it was stop, start. <laughs> <laughs> Three game ban, four game ban. Who, uh, might be your own there, Greg. I think it was two reds in two games. <laughs> which wasn't Is that great. your agency? And he loves a bit of aggression. Get a couple of reds early doors. <laughs> this was it. It wasn't even aggression. One was pulling a shirt um, at, uh, against Fulham. And the second one was a handball against Luton which wasn't a handball. And I've just come into the change room. I have demolished that change room. Like I've put in my studs through the doors and walls and thinking like, this just, this isn't, this Again, isn't right. Again, you like that. Get, he'll, yeah, he'll like this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> put your boots back on <laughs> to kick the door. <laughs> Ask me to pay for the wall in the end. <laughs> Did you ever get a proper doing off him? After a game or around the turning uh, ground? Yeah, the first one was pre-season out in Ireland. I had a had an absolute ear bashing from him. It was just right up in my face. After a game or training? Yeah, it was after a game. After a game, pre-season game in Ireland. Um, that was horrible. There was one time I was going into his... I think it was after all this cocaine stuff and shit. I was going into his office and Graham Kavanagh was in there before me. And I'm sitting outside of his office and I'm just hearing all this shouting and then like tables moving and fucking walls shaking. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to go in here next. I'm in next. And Cav's come out with a ripped shirt, sweating. Like, I'm like, what the fuck's just happened? He said, I had him up against the wall and he was trying to rip, <laughs> trying to rip my shirt off. Like trying to get, like Cav had him up against the wall. And I'm like, he's handy. Oh, yeah, Cav is. Yeah, he's not. He is. And uh, I'm, I'm shitting myself going in. Like, not only am I being accused of doing cocaine, he's just got out of a fight with Cav and he's lost. <laughs> we're going in, <laughs> he's lost. <laughs> we're going in to, to, to discuss transfer targets as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> transfer targets. <laughs> so, obviously, four months at Reading, how long into your Sunderland career are you thinking, this is not going to work? He tried getting me out. I think there was an emergency loan from Norwich that came in. Glenn Roder was manager. And I remember Kino calling. I was at home. I hadn't travelled with the team. He was on the team coach. And he said, look, Glenn's just called me up. Do you want to go to, to Norwich? You're not going to have many opportunities here. So have a think about it. So I, what I've taken from that is not many opportunities means I'm going to get one more yeah. at least. So I'm going to take that chance. So... I've called him back and I said, look, I'm not going to, not going to go. Uh, he said, like, I'm not going to have many, which means I'm going to get one. And he was like, 
No, not many means none. <laughs> but I've, I'd already turned Glenn down. I'd like spoke to him on the phone. I said, look, and then Glenn came out in the press saying that people, players are now happy just to sit on the bench and or not in the team and take the wages. And I'm like, all I want to do is play football. That's all I want to do. I just want to be on the pitch. Yeah. So all else by all else with Glenn bringing in in the emergency loan window. He must have had him on speed dial. Any rejectors he doesn't want, Glenn. <laughs> Many means that you get at least one more, doesn't it? You've got you'd one more. So. Yeah, you'd think so. By the way, when's that emergency loan window open? It's quite sharpish, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was November, November, December, something like that. So you go to January. Uh, so I turned him down and then I ended up here in January for six months. Was yeah. that a breath, breath of fresh air for you? Oh, I loved it because it was Pardew and Parky. So it was, Parky was my ally. I yeah. knew him. It was like going back to something that I knew. Yeah. He, knew he knew you. Yeah, more and he knew, probably. knew me more importantly. And, you know, having pards, like never worked with him, but he wanted to sign me for West Ham when he was when he was manager there. And um, it was just a nice feeling. It was close to town. I was back in Essex. And it was just, it was comfortable. And it was nice. And it was, I was playing every game and scoring goals from right back. And I mean, it's there. 16 games. It was only a month, yeah. Uh, sorry, it was only a six-month loan. Um, what was the new... And there was... We ended up... I think they they wanted to sign me, but it was way below... I would have taken a massive pay cut to, to come. Yeah. Um, and... You didn't want to play football that much. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, still, I had other teams interested. <laughs> other options. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play, but not quite that much. <laughs> no, I, had, I had other teams interested, so I ended up signing for Sheffield United. Sheffield United. Yeah. Before we move on, actually, just uh, for another one of the rumour mills, did, did you have a Ferrari nope. at Sunderland? And no. Keane said, no, we nope, didn't even have one. No. So he couldn't tell you to no. not to get rid of it. No, I had an Aston Martin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did he tell you? Was it something said about it, though? Or not? He, he said, he said, um, what was he saying? He was like, you've done nothing in the game. You don't deserve like big expensive cars. So stay humble. Um, do something in the game. We had likes of Andy Cole and Dwight York and and people like that. So they were able to drive these nice cars. But the Aston Martin never came to the training ground, ever. It was just sat. And I'd, I'd go out. Um, I'd go out in it and go to town or whatever. But it never, it was never at the training ground. See, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? On him saying that? Uh, shit. If, you, if, if you've got enough, if you've got money to buy a nice car, buy a nice car. Yeah. It's what you wait your bollocks off for, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It does piss us off because people always say to him, because Beckham was probably the first at United, one of yeah. all this flash. Yeah. And he was he was always all right with, with Beckham because he, he used to say that he trained hard and stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you trained hard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. like double standards in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a, it's a manager's place. It's not his place no. to say how you spend your money. It's like no. saying, well, why have you bought a seven-bedroom house? Yeah, which I did in Dunstan. <laughs> but yeah, he never mentioned He's giving you the contract. Houses. Yeah, so exactly. you're saying I'm not worth being able to buy an Austin Martin. You've given me the money to buy an Austin Martin. Yeah. yeah. You think I'm worthy of that wage. Yeah, exactly. Wage. Exactly. So it's half, an half-true, I suppose. Yeah, half-true, yeah. 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 So did you go to Sheffield United from... The start of the season, you were for pre-season? Or? Yeah, I was there pre-season. Yeah. Yeah. 
hardest preseason I've ever done as well. Blackwell. Yeah, but yeah, it was tough. It was horrible. But we ran over teams. Every single team we ran over. So do you think you're on? The, you know, you've had that Reading experience, Sunland done all right at Challenge. Do you think you're starting to come back now at the Sheffield? You finally found somewhere that you settled and. <laughs> No, that was it. Like the first half of the season, I was in and out of the team. Not many people remember it. Like, because I did play a lot of games for, for, for 41 know. league games. Yeah, so I would always come on. But a lot of the times, first half of the season, I was, was, I was sub because I had Sunji High in front of me. Um, Kyle Norton was coming in. It took, again, it took me a while to bed in. But I had that, I had that deal where I was there for the season. But it got to a point where I was contemplating going back to Sunderland after six months because I wasn't playing as much as I wanted to play or starting as many games as I wanted to play. And then after that, James Beatty left to go to Stoke and then I started every game from there. Was it like predominantly right of a three up front? Is that what the... Predominantly it was either side. I preferred playing on the left than the right because I could cut in. Um, but the first time it was straight through the middle as a nine. And then it, again, it was fluid. Was he a bully? Blackwell. Did you ever see any, you know, like... Can you understand some of the young why lads? other players... Yeah, we've had a few on that says he just made... Yeah, it was... I wouldn't say a bully, but he was, he was very, very hard on the young players, the young, young players, like, coming through. They're easy um, targets. Wow. They are easy targets. And they're, I've, I've had managers that would just go after the young players and just absolutely destroy them. But then I, I had it at... Colchester with a guy called Steve Whitten. He was he was the manager at Colchester when I was coming through the team uh, through the youth team, and I used to have to pump up the balls before training and uh, make sure the bibs were out and folded up nicely for training. And if the ball wasn't at the right psi, we would get gunned, like abused for it. What shot? <laughs> <laughs> missed <laughs> yeah not quite not quite but yeah he was he was hard but was would it, he go with a PSI tester or just yeah. his own yeah he, he, he would take out a little um, valve to right. test the balls so I think we all had that didn't we in the youth team yeah like that but it's when it's when it comes onto the onto the training pitch yeah. when you're just basically crippling the lads yeah. young, these young lads yeah yeah I think that's that's different to not doing your jobs because I think we all expected it didn't we mm. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I generally think young players nowadays have it so easy. They get paid way too much and they don't have enough responsibility. And like doing the jobs as a YT. That's quite what fun, made us, it? Yeah, it was quite fun. Yeah. yeah it got, a bit of bonding session and, as well. Doing it with the other yeah. lads, you're all in it together. And the cleaning the boots and like you had your pro and you clean the boots and you'd look forward to that Christmas bonus and... yeah. Did you get one? Yeah, I got 20 quid from uh, Scotty McLeish. 20 quid. But at that time, like first year YT, we were on housing benefit. Like we were we were in digs, but we didn't get a wage. We had to rely on our housing benefit. So it would range between 15 to 55 pound a week. So some people were getting 15 pounds, some were getting 55, just depending on where you were living. It was crazy. So that 20 quid would... Went a long way. Well, yeah. Who was it that got exposed on here? Millsy one. Yeah, it's a shit tipper. Yeah. <laughs> he looked straight down the lens and went, "You're a tight cunt." <laughs> <laughs> it was Keo, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Obviously, we talked about that, that that playoff run, playoff final, lost. Would you have stayed at Sheffield? Yes. Like settled if they'd have gone up. Obviously, then you got. I the... would have stayed even if they didn't go up. Really? Yeah. I never had a conversation with Blackie after that. I never had a conversation. Uh, he said that he wanted. He came out in the press and said he wanted to keep me, but the wages were too high, and they were trying to give. They were trying to um, lower the wage bill. Uh, but I never had the conversation. I always said that I, I would have stayed uh, no matter what. Um, there was talks about me going to Burnley after the playoff final. Um, but What was Sunderland asking for you? I have no idea. No idea. Do you not give you a ring? Negotiations. We've got a million pounds on the table. Jill. <laughs> 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 But it was it was it was a strange one because it ended up being Mick McCarthy and obviously Kino and Mick had yeah. obviously that bust up at the Euros um, ended up being Mick, Mick McCarthy and they put in three and a half mil again. Did you speak to Mick about that or not? About him and Keane? No, oh, no. <laughs> I think I made one too many mistakes. <laughs> to Ask him about Keane or he'll love it. <laughs> so then, Mick, are you going to say? No, I'll leave it, Mick. I'll leave it. No, you'll say whatever you want, Mick. You'll just sort all that shit out yourself. <laughs> Did he? Because he he went through affairs. I think Mick signed uh, George Friend, who went yeah. on after after Wolves to have an unbelievable. Yeah, but he shipped him out pretty much straight away. Hilly. I think Matt, he signed Matt, Matt Hill and Hill, just yeah. didn't didn't really fancy him. No, he what didn't. What was it really like with you? Same. Oh, was he? Yeah, same. So I, I honestly didn't know that. No, was no, it, yeah, same. So came in, said I actually signed as a right midfielder in the Premier League. So it was my third Prem move um, and signed as a right midfielder after playing. How old are you yet? I would have been 24. Third Premier League club at 24. Yeah. Some going. Yeah. 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 Um, now you get you know when you're leaving these clubs here, you're just leaving your money behind, or you're like, look, I want X to leave, and <laughs> Agent <laughs> John's entered the room. <laughs> <laughs> you got no, but you got that, I think. Yeah, so I went to um, Wolves, took a pay cut to go to Wolves, um, but I was able to negotiate the difference at Sunderland. Yeah, yeah, good so, work. Good yeah, I'm happy with that, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even didn't get off to a better starts with Mick because after I'd signed, he called me up and he was like, what's this I'm hearing? Like, you're coming to Wolves and it's not for the money. Like, you've taken a massive pay cut. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, it's all over Facebook. Like, it's on your Facebook page. I'm like, Mick, I don't even have Facebook. <laughs> and that was, that was it. Like, he kind of made his mind up about me there and then. You just don't need it, do you? No. Like, it's just asshole you don't need and yeah. getting off on the wrong foot. Yeah. Did he give you a chance though? If you play 12 games? Yeah. Was it again? Again, it was, yeah, it was, it was the beginning of the season. First game was against West Ham. Uh, got man in the match against West Ham. We ended up losing the game, but uh, got, I think it was one of the first games. Playing there. Um, got man in the match. And then it was just on a slow decline. I remember him taking me off like after half an hour or one game. I can't remember what game it was. There's a picture on on the internet where me and him are shaking hands and I'm looking away, like a bit despondent. Obviously, I've been subbed after half an hour. Like, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I think you'd be raging if you were like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, 
yeah, again, in and out. And then just didn't, didn't click, didn't click. Me and him just didn't see eye to eye. On, it's weird on though, isn't it? You've like, had that season at Sheffield United. Yeah. But did, personally, did you, did you feel like you were settling in, com in comparison to other clubs? Well, in comparison to Sheffield, let's say, did you feel it was comparable the way that you'd settled personally? Uh, it was pretty much the same. I probably got on just as well with the players. Yeah. It was harder for management to get along with. Um, you know, as much as people slate Blackie, his people skills were pretty good uh, and, he, and he'd in interact with you. Whereas Mick wouldn't, he'd use um, his assistant. He'd use him as sort of his go-between more than anything else. But We've heard it was a good changing room though. Cause it was very Jar good changing room. We've had Jarv on. Yeah. I mean, he's a good lad, isn't he? Yeah, it was very, very good changing room that season anyway. And then he brought in a few more um, foreign lads, which kind of made it a divide the next season, uh, which wasn't as good. Um, but that first season was was unreal. It must have been frustrating when you think, you know, I'm moving it. I'm like, I've got to look at loans again. I'm assuming Mick, do you speak to you direct? We've got a loan option. Oh yeah, I went to Portsmouth. Yeah, he, he mentioned about Portsmouth and they were struggling at, at the time. They were towards the end of the bottom bottom end of the championship. And I said, I don't really want to go. Spoke to a few of the lads at, at Wolves saying, saying that Portsmouth come in for me. And I was like, and they were saying, you can do better than that. Like you might as well go like top half of the championship. So I actually turned down Portsmouth first and then things got worse uh, at Wolves and ended up going to Portsmouth in the end. For, By the way, you're not buying houses at these places, are you? Yeah. Well, everyone? Uh, I bought a Reading. I had the keys for four days and then moved to Sunderland. Bought a house in Sunderland. Um, and then I bought a house in Wolves, in Birmingham. Was Portsmouth a bit of a circus at that time? D did you know this before you went or...? So big names still there, like Kanu. Oh, that's yeah, Kanu was there, yeah. Liam Lawrence, uh, Hayden Mullins, Dave Kitson, uh, Aaron McQueener. Uh, so, yes, there were some some big names there, but it wasn't... At that, when I went, it wasn't a circus. There was little rumours about, like, the club going Financial into administration and, and, and stuff like that. Because I remember they, weren't paying, they couldn't pay transfer fees, but they could pay... Shitloads in wages. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was not, I was, I was only on loan. So they're only paying 50%. Um, you signed more than you. <laughs> but yeah, we had Kanu and Tel Ben Aim who were on like 50 grand a week. Kitsa wouldn't have gone there for peanuts. No, no. Le Lenny? Yeah. 12 grand a week. Uh, 50 grand a week. Sorry, this is. 2010, 2010, man, this is 14 years, 13 years ago. Yeah. Kanu was 55 then as well. <laughs> <laughs> you got you'd want, you'd want a Christmas bonus if you're on his boots, wouldn't you? He was ridiculous. You just never get the ball off him. He couldn't move, but you could never get the ball off him. It got to a point, I think he was on, I think he was one of the players where they were really thrown out of the dough, like uh, Sol and Jamo and people like that were on like 100 grand a week the year before or when they won the FA Cup. And I think Kanu was one of them as well at that time. And so I think he had a couple of years left on, on his deals. So they came to an arrangement where they had half his money, but he'd sign a five-year deal. 
So he'd still get all the money, but over a longer period. So it ended up being like 43, 44, like it's still 50 grand a week. Do you think he was older than he, than he said? Every yeah. drop his buzz pass? Yeah. Yeah. Thing is, it just shows them, you know, them clauses that normally get put in contracts, like 50% cuts if you get relegated. Yeah. If you don't put them in, yeah. they can sink a club. Oh, well, uh, Wolves yeah. had that, didn't they? So they had it when they got relegated from the Prem, but they didn't have it when they got relegated from the champ. So people like... Jamie O'Hara, who was there and got relegated and was playing League One, they were 40 grand a week in League One. So that must be played a big part in Portsmouth. Oh yeah, massive, massive. I mean, the checks then in the EFL for the owners were non-existent really. Uh, so the next owner that came in was this Russian. No one ever saw him. He was a ghost. Just didn't, I don't think he existed. So this money was coming from somewhere like a shell company paying all the wages and on then, time with, with, on getting... time on time and then all of a sudden these assets got frozen there was no money we went into administration no one was getting paid um i remember telbani coming in and the fans were giving us stick like because we were thinking of boycotting games because we weren't getting paid and telbani ben Aim was getting a lot of stick because obviously people knew that it was on big wages had he been at Chelsea at this point had? yeah he'd yeah. already been at, at Man City yeah and um he brought in Sky Sports News and confronted everyone on Sky Sports Sky Sports News and said these administrators are getting paid more than anyone else they're taking all of our money we we still had nearly close to three million in the pot for wages but we weren't getting paid the administrators took that three million and kept it for themselves that's how much they were getting paid. What chance have you got? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Talbanian put the, the record straight in terms of that. And we loved it. <laughs> <laughs> we loved it. Go on, go tell, on you tell them. <laughs> yeah. You go in the firing line. <laughs> What's morale like though at that time for, to actually get results and when you're not getting paid? It was tough because the first time we went into an administration, I was on loan. So it's not that I didn't care as much because I knew I was still getting paid from Wolves. But at the same time, I remember, I can't remember what game it was. We were sitting in, in the hotel and Sky Sports News had come on and it had come up saying that we'd gone into administration on the brink of liquidation and stuff like that. And Steve Cottrell just stood up and said, no matter what, even if the club is in liquidation, we're going to play this game tomorrow. And we did, we ended up winning. And then the second time, the second time was harder because we had Michael Appleton as manager. At that point, no one was getting paid. And that, that was tough. That was tough. Liam ended up going to Cardiff. Uh, everyone went out on loan. And I was one of the ones who was on, say, the higher bracket of wages. And I was the one that, that stayed, but ended up forfeiting my wages when it actually took over, when the, the fans took over the club. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Apprehensive then about signing, considering there was the talks of the administration whilst you were on loan, but then... <coughs> well, the, 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 the new owner came in, in in the summer and... So I went from Wolves in the Premier League, signed for Portsmouth permanently, and I didn't take a wage cut at all. They paid me exactly what I was so on no at, at Wolves. Then. So there was yeah, there was no apprehension. It's all like, fucking coming out at Wolves now, It's all coming out at Wolves. That poor fucker ringing his bell in. Stand. Bastards! Bastards they are. Ring, ring. But, yeah, this new owner, this Russian. So yeah, the new owner came in. So you yeah. basically went from one administ- administration rumor to administration with a new with yeah. a new owner. Yes, yeah, I, I can't remember when that came in. I had not, I had a nightmare as well because the day we went into administration, I bought a quad bike and I had it delivered to the training ground, and it was the day we got into administration, and Michael Apperton pulled me into his office, had an absolute went for me say why the fuck you bringing in a quad bike when we're going into administration people are losing their jobs i was like i didn't know we were going into administration (laughs) it's a quad bike (laughs) exactly so yeah i ended up that quad bike getting stolen as well from <laughs> I'd have just gone down the route when you bought the Facebook I, I haven't ordered that <laughs> <laughs> quad bike for Alfred no <laughs> not at all no, I don't know what I was what I was <laughs> imagine driving around training ground on it <laughs> I was <laughs> I was because it was a leisure centre our training ground was on a leisure centre so like we had the pitches on the ground uh, level and there was a bit up top where we never used so I just took it up there and I stored it because I was living in a hotel at the time. I stored it in one of the big lockups at the training ground. And when the groundsmen were getting let off, uh, let go because of the administration, they obviously knew all the codes to get into the lockup. So one of them stole it, stole all the tractors and the ground equipment. Everything had just gone the next day. You know about Neville says the, the think stuff that's going on at the top of the club with the owners and it filters down on the pitch you look at that Portsmouth team oh. there's no way you should have been relegated from no. the championship no. so it's obvious it obviously affects yeah. what's going on above doesn't it yeah mm-hmm. even with the 10 10 point deduction we should have stayed up comfortably we, like the team that we had we should have definitely top six at least with that team even with a 10 point deduction mm. he must have liked your cockroach though did he he did yeah did he take you to the forest no he didn't he didn't um Sean O'Driscoll took me to Forest. He's got, he didn't, Cottrell didn't last long. Um, and did you like him? Yeah, I did like him. And I, I remember I was sitting at Mercedes in Portsmouth and he, he walked in and um, he was, he, he's quite arrogant. Like he, he does love himself uh, a little bit, um, which is fine. I have no problems with that. But <laughs> I, uh, he, he walked in, I was sitting, I was sitting down and I was like, oh, like, how's everything at Forest Cots and stuff like that? And he had this thing where he had, he had to shake your hand. And I went up to shake his hand after calling him Cots and he refused to shake my hand. He was like, that's why you're never going to get another club because you lack respect. I'm gaffer all the time. Was it just you and him? Yeah, just me and him. 
when you talk to me, I'm gaffer all the time. And he wasn't my gaffer at that time. He'd left for Forest. But you, you just went in with Cots. Yeah, I went in with Cots. <laughs> Cots, so, what are you saying? Forest. <laughs> so like last, last game of the season, I wasn't allowed to play because it meant Portsmouth having to pay Wolves another million quid because of appearances. And uh, I was sitting on the bench and Cots comes up, shakes everyone's hand on, on the bench. And I was like, ah, oh, everything all right, Cots, just to wind him up a little bit more. And he just looked back at me and it was like, he was like, you're a fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> Cots. I think but if he was Steve, he'd have been out of order saying that, but he's probably thought, Cots. Yeah. But at the same time, like everyone called it, like people who knew him we'll call like, him that. were calling him Cots. So I was like, well, that's yeah, your name. That's your, that's how you referred to by everyone else. Yeah. So I was like, all right, Cots. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, you're a prick. <laughs> <laughs> so he has actually took it really personally. Yeah, like, he, did, he did take it personally. But some, like some of the, when I, when I eventually signed for Forest, some of the stuff that some of the lads were saying about him was just... Like he he requested new socks and um, slips every single day. They had to be new, brand new. And speaking to other people, he'd introduce him saying, hi, my name's Steve Cottrell, next England manager. That's how he'd introduce himself to some people who didn't know him. No, come on. Too much that. Shit list? No. Uh, yeah, it's getting on the there. Yeah. <laughs> Crawling on, on the shit list. Yeah. Crawling on the shit list. <laughs> Cot socks on the shit list. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like O'Driscoll? I love Sean. I love the, the way he managed and you asked him a question, he'd come back with another question. Like he wanted you to figure out how to play football by yourself. Mm -hmm. So he'd do drills where you'd, you'd have to find loopholes in it to try and get around his rules. Like he'd always try and make you think about how to play the game. And you ever asked him about what your philosophy of football is, he'd always say, my philosophy is to win games. So whether that's long ball or short passes or playing from the back or whatever it is, it's down to who you're playing against and making the right decisions and winning games. And that was his philosophy. And he had a rough ride at Forest as well. Like we'd just beaten Leeds 4-1. We were third in the league and he got sacked. You've, right. just gone, you've, joined for, you've gone from circus to circus there, haven't you? Yeah. Because yeah. I remember that time at Forest. Yeah. Right, so you had Cottrell, well, um, you had O'Driscoll, Alex McLeish, Billy Davies, Stuart Pearce, Dougie Freeman. Yeah, I never worked with Dougie. I was on loan at Brighton at that time. But you had that quick Yeah, quick turnaround. Change, turn yeah, around your managers, around. one yeah, after another. He's yeah. on your shit list, isn't he, McLeish? He was not good at all. He was not good at all. His doctor, which he took everywhere with him, made all the decisions, the way the team played, the actual starting 11, he made all the decisions. A doctor? Yeah. We were playing well, like, well, you, we'll see if you've got a cold. The doc. Yeah. Yeah. He, he ran the show. The doctor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> well, yeah. And he, he didn't last long. I don't know how many games he had, but he, he didn't last long. But he's managed Villa, Birmingham, Rangers. Scotland? Scotland. Well, yeah. has he though? Or was it the doctor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, he's, it was he's, crazy. He's just got his badge. It's like the docking manager. Yeah. He's just got his, his badge oh, on, but the doctor's he? the actual manager. Yeah. John, John Turner, next England doctor. <laughs> <laughs> what about Billy Davies? I love Billy. I love Billy. He, he had a lot of faith in me 
Um, he played me all the time. The one thing that I do remember is he was very paranoid and there was times where he'd walk around the room, whether that was the meeting room or the changing room, he'd knock on the wall to make sure there was no bugs from the press. <laughs> and then whenever you had a meeting in his office, like a one-on-one, -on -one, you'd like, you'd see him go to his front pocket and just click something. It was like a tape recorder. So he, he recorded everything. Kelly everything. is paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Near the church start, right? <laughs> when you press it before the player walked in, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Less obvious. That's spider. <laughs> I'm just imagining him coming in his office and like he's just got his head in. You know, ceiling tiles with headlamp on, just rummaging around for bugs. <laughs> yeah, he, but he was good. Press. Yeah, I really liked him. I really liked him. The bastards, they're, they're listening, they're yeah. listening, they're listening everywhere. But it, it, it came, in the end, it came across that he had some ulterior motive that he didn't want to do well with us because he got treated so badly in his first stint at Forest. It felt like he had an ulterior motive where he just wanted to try and get as much money as he possibly could and like screw over Forest. It's but it never worked agent. because of our squad. Our squad was so good. We like, he didn't have to manage because we'd pull out results. We had game changers in our team, like Billy and Cops when he came on loan from Donny, and we just had a good team. Everybody's thought process, I fucking hell, we're winning too many games, I'll put Greg up front. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I genuinely think, like, this was to, like, fuck over the club a little bit, I'll stick a centre-back up top and, like, try and claim that we haven't got any players and stuff like that, but it kind of backfired on him because I think I scored three and three in the first... <laughs> <laughs> what can I do here, love? Were you doing well? Was that team doing well then? I can't remember where you were in the league or anything. Yeah, we were, we were floating around top six uh, pretty much all of the season. Stuart Pearce? Were you there with Stuart Pearce? Stuart Pearce, wow. He is, he's probably one of the biggest con artists there is. Like, he, he claims that he's like this psycho and like he's this hard man, but he hates confrontation hates it i remember the first time he sent me out on loan to to brighton and he was like look i can send you out on loan for a month get some games under your belt uh we'll go we'll come and watch the games and uh we'll try and get you back into the squad as quick as possible and i was like fine so i come back after the loan and I, i'm sitting in his office and i was like uh, did you did you come to any of the games because I, I think i got three man of matches as a center back they were obviously after a centre-back because they were struggling a little bit. And um, he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I watched, um, watched Millwall. I was like, what, the game that was on TV? He goes, yeah, 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 we watched that. And I said, what about the scouts? Have they come to all the games? He goes, yeah, got all the scout reports. I was, like, I was going to call his bluff. And I said, can I have a look at the scout reports, please? And he was like, oh, they're in the office. I said, it's fine, I'll wait, I've got all day. And he literally tried picking me up from my chair and dragging me out of the, the office. He was just a compulsive liar. What? He, he, he did do that? He, he tried to, up. yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? He was like, get out of my office. I was like, <laughs> that was very awkward, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, Stuart, I think you should have gone a little bit further than the next office. What am I going to do? What, <laughs> just go in, like, starting typing up <laughs> scout reports, or do I manhandle him out yeah, of the office? <laughs> I've left him at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that disappointing? You know? Yeah, of course. 
our generation, our age group, Euro 96, like you said, psycho. Yeah, because yeah. he came in with this like speech at the beginning of, of pre-season. Uh, he had all all the staff, like from uh, the chefs to uh, the waitresses to the players to the coaching staff, he had everyone. And he gave this really good speech about we all have to be in this together and to get to where we want to get to. And it just turned out he was just a compulsive liar. A compulsive liar who, didn't, who hated confrontation. You're not the first to say that. We mm. had a few, weren't we? Damn squid. Mm-hmm. Squib. Huh? Squib. Do you say squid? I can say that if I want, can I? <laughs> Part like of, a soggy part, bit of fish. <laughs> Partly part fucking podcast, do Soggy seafood. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking prick, you know. <laughs> Told me you've played for some of the the favourites, Stevie Evans. Stevie Evans. <laughs> oh, where do I start with this, man? <laughs> if, you're battering, if you're battering Stuart Pierce, I'm fucking looking forward to this. <laughs> this so guy. In, ter in terms of like, come from Forest... What, what happened there with you leaving and, and then signing for Rotherham? What was the... So Dougie, Dougie came in. I was at Brighton at the time. And obviously I couldn't... Forrest came down to Brighton, obviously couldn't play. So I made a beeline to, to Dougie. I said, look, I'm playing really well. What's, what's the chances of me coming back? And he said, look, you're a utility player. Like, you're one of a kind, kind of... Like, you cover all bases. So I'd love to have you back. So I got into pre-season, uh, just to start the beginning of the pre-season, spoke to him and he said, yeah, we're not going to be able to do anything. Uh, we've got Michael Mancian who can cover a couple of positions. So, uh, yeah, we're not going to do anything. And I'm like, well, you kind of alluded to you wanted me back in. So, so you still like, under contract at this point? Uh, no, my, my contract had ended contract at that point. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I love my time down in Brighton. I loved it. Like the 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 place, the area, the people, obviously the training ground, the way we played under Chris Hewton, it was great. So, but for some reason, my thinking was I wanted to go back to Forest and continue. So I never really pursued Brighton that much. In hindsight, it was one of the worst mistakes that I made. So then were you a free agent then? I was a free looking, agent uh, looking at clubs, clubs. yeah. And Am I right in saying that Steve Evans, you signed at Rotherham as a striker? I did. And as captain? Yes. That was his ploy of getting me into, into the building. Um, so I was thinking, my at that time, the MLS was starting to kick off. They were doing the like the designated players where you could go over the cap. So my thinking was, I want to go out to the States, but I'm not going to be able to get over to the States as a centre-back. Um so I'm going to have to go and score a few goals and, and get moved that way. That was my thinking. Um, and I played 145 minutes in preseason as a striker and that was it. And he made me, he made me club captain, but I had to jump through so many hoops to get it. And he named it first game of the season and he took it off me within four games. Was that a big, was that a big thing for you, the captaincy? It was a big thing, yeah. You know, like obviously, because as you say, are you, are we like not, Great in groups and like the captaincy is like quite a uh, pivotal role in it. Yeah, Where all the lads come to you and all that. But at that time in my life, I'd under I understood how to integrate with 
change rooms at right, that point yeah. just purely because I'd, I'd done it so many times up, up until then. So being a captain where the players would come to me instead of me having to go to them, that was the difficult part for me at the beginning, um, was something that I wanted um, to experience and learn from. And yeah, within four games, he, he took it off me. Tell us about that conversation. Like, or at least there was no conversation. I, I found out in the press. So in that 45 minutes, he's decided that you're not for him up front. Yeah, think? which I scored two and set one up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking And was there a conversation ball. about you're not being a striker anymore? Or was it? No, no, com no conversation. It was, it, it, would... he kind of, he kind of said that, that we're running short a, a little bit at centre back. So you're going to start the season. I think it was a couple of days before the season. You're going to, you're going to start as centre back, but we're going to try and move you forward. What's your favourite story? Because he's some character in it by all accounts. What, it... Some character. There was there was one there was one inc incident where we were on a away trip, and I think it was all all on the same away trip actually, where we were on the coach. He needed a shit. He went to the toilet in on the coach, and there was shit everywhere. <laughs> It just exploded. Like honestly, it was horrific. Could you hear that? Was the noise was yeah. coming from? Yeah, what you could hear everything. It's, a, it's got it's a very distinctive noise, isn't it? You know, when you've got a bit of diarrhea, it's like I'm not going to do it. Do it. You know, you know which one, mate. <laughs> You've had it a couple of times this trip, haven't you? <laughs> so you could hear the commotion going on. Yeah, commotion. Uh, hand up against the door like this. <laughs> <laughs> but he his diet was literally iron brew and chips and that's pretty much all he ate so we got to the the team well, we eventually got to the team hotel and he sent andy dibble the goalkeeping coach he was stuck up in his room didn't want to come down to to dinner and he sent andy dibble down for just a plate full of chips and tabasco sauce i was like dibs what are you doing he goes Gaffer's asked me just to get him some chips and uh, tobacco, uh, Tabasco sauce. And I'm like, give me that Tabasco sauce. So I poured the entire Tabasco sauce jar onto these chips. And Andy Dibble comes down about an hour later. They are gone. All of it's gone. He'd eaten all of it. Is this before the toilet incident? This was after. <laughs> oh, so he's reloaded. <laughs> not Imagine the noises. <laughs> I About thought we just got to the root of the tail then. Is <laughs> the Tabasco nah. sauce on the chips nah. all along? Another story was um, at our training ground, he had this office at the end of the building and then the first changing room where we got changed and then there was a second changing room, but he had no toilet in his office, but there was a sink that filled and the piping would filter into our showers. And because he only drank iron brew, it was obviously bright orange. So he'd piss in the sink and while we were showering, it would come into the showers. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? It's like bright orange. <laughs> Oil slick. Disgusting. And he'd get so irate when we weren't doing well. And we always called it like the skier. He'd come in, but like when he'd y yell at you, it was right in your face, but he'd like pull his arms like this, straight into your face. And we'd call it the skier because it was like... <laughs> Out of all these, we've spoke about a lot of managers. Which one would you least like to work for again out of all of them? Steve. Really? 
Yeah. Because not only, not only as a person, but as a manager uh, and a coach, he just didn't know what he was doing. Were you ever at the bottom of the slopes for the ski? Yeah, there was one time. There was one time. I was playing injured. I think I'd, I'd done my groin and uh, he'd come in at half time and he tried gunning me. I'm like, you know that I'm injured. You know that I, at the minute I can't run. But you wanted me to play and He's now you're going blasting you. Yeah. To be fair, if you're stood at the bottom of the slopes, last thing you want to be plowing towards you, Steve Evans, isn't it? Just like, like cheeks everywhere. <laughs> Sweat flying off his forehead and Ooh. the avalanche. Oh. Did you have a big fallout with him in the end, or? No, I just knew I had to outlast him. I, I knew that I'd outlast him because he just lose the, cha the change room quickly. Uh, and that's what happened and eventually like he had a very good relationship with the owner at the time but even the owner got sick of him at, at towards the end and yeah he ended up going we had a lot of Rotherham fans saying what changed because that, that first bit under Evans and then Warnock came in and said you were just a different player well I was a li little skeptical when Warnock got the job because he tried signing me for Sheffield United from Colchester and I turned him down without even speaking to him because we played Sheffield United the year uh, that season and we lost and he was so arrogant towards us. He was so disrespectful towards us. And I was like, I don't want to work with a, for a guy like this. He speaks so badly about an opposition team, especially the one that I was in. I was like, don't want to work with him. So he came in, I'm thinking, oh, I'm fucked here because I've turned him down. And I've heard that he holds grudges. But luckily enough for me, he bought Blackie in and his number two. So yeah, I had an ally. Yeah, I had an ally. And the first game in, I started off as sub. I hadn't even trained with the team. Started off as sub and then came on and then I played every game, every minute. Where'd you come on? Uh, Goalie. Le <laughs> left midfield. And then where did he play you after that? Holding midfield. All right. Holding midfield. The, honestly, that the turnaround that we had, I think we were 11 points away from safety in February. And we were eleven points from. Uh, we were eleven points safe in April. What did he do? I have no idea. And this is. <laughs> I have no idea. And this is what gets me about Warnock. It gets all these teams winning games, but I have no idea yeah. how he does it because. Tactically, or is it no? Just getting belief. It's just yeah. Belief. It is belief because training sessions are just fun. Like we don't, re we didn't really do too much team shape. It's just belief and the way he can manage people and get into your psyche and make you run through brick, uh, brick walls for him. I've never seen anything like it. And is that on an individual basis or is it like the squad yeah. when he's individual. giving you that belief? Individual. Yeah. It starts with, and then it's a, as a collective. Well, so he'd pull, would he pull you in or just yeah. in passing in the corridor? A, a, out a bit of both. A bit of both, depending on what kind of character you were. And would he work out what kind of character you were? Very early? quickly. Very quickly. He, just, he knew all the triggers for yeah. everyone. It's genius, really. He's isn't a genius, isn't he? Yeah. He's he is. an absolute genius. I mean, he took all the pressure off. He was like, well, we're pretty much done. So you just go and play and have fun. But work hard. You have to work hard. And if you don't, you don't play. So we all just got into that played with a bit of freedom, but worked our socks off. And we were picking result after result after result. And it was just, it was crazy. Did I, you know that he'd take you to Cardiff? Did you know that no. he liked you that much? No, no, I was, 
after Stubbs came in at Rotherham, I was I was in contact with Warnock and and Blackie, and I was like, "Come on, take me, take me," because he <laughs> he didn't get the Cardiff job straight away. I think he ended up going in October, where they were really struggling. So I had to wait until January. I was like, "Please take me, please take me," and then. Uh, at the end of November, I did my ankle. Uh, Calvin Phillips did my ankle in the game, first minute of a Sky game. And I thought, that's me done. Like, I ruptured every single ligament in my ankle. I, I had no idea how it didn't break. How old are you? Probably 30 at that time. I thought, I'm, I'm done here. Like, I'm going to need surgery. Mm. And then I just worked my bollocks off to get back. And within four weeks, Boxing Day, I was back on the bench. And I came on. Well, that's outrageous. Yeah. Just strengthening it, and it wasn't. It wasn't even fully healed because when I got to Cardiff in January, I think January fourth, uh, I did my medical, had all the scans, and they, they were still, they weren't attached. I was, so I was still playing with it. I couldn't strike a ball further than twenty yards, but I could side foot it, which was weird because I was opening up my ankle. Warnock was like, I "Don't care, like just you be just do it, yeah." I was like, just do it. You're not worried that you were coming back too soon, you might cause more damage? No. No. He just, he wanted me in the air. He wanted me in the room. If he wants you, you want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've been pleading for months. Yeah. Take me, take me. Yeah. (laughs) Please take me. Yeah, so. You've had a bit of an Indian summer then, haven't you? Going going to Cardiff and getting, end up getting promoted, didn't you? I think we were 16th in the league when... Where, when Warnock took over, I think we were 12th when I signed. Um, so I signed an 18-month deal, knowing that we had no chance of getting promoted. That first season. That first season. But knowing that we'd have a right good go as second, second season. Um, and that, yeah, that turned out to be the case. It was unbelievable. What was the change room like? The best. Was that? Yeah. Everyone sort of lived in the vicinity of Cardiff. Yeah, you got to, and you? Everybody yeah. moves down there. You, like, would go out for dinners regularly. All of us uh, would have... The banter was unreal. The closeness that Warnock had made uh, was the best I've ever seen. And I, I generally... We weren't, the be- we weren't the best or second best team in that league with individuals, let alone the team. But the, the closeness that we had, I think, got us promoted because we would just look after each other. If someone made a mistake, someone else would just go and correct it straight away from them. I still speak to the majority of the lads now. It's just they are the best guys that I've worked with. Were you disappointed not to get a new contract there? Yeah. I tried everything. I tried everything. I was going through Soul Bamber and everything and trying to get a new deal because <laughs> like obviously Soul and, and Warnock were were very, very close. And uh yeah, I was trying everything to do it. Did you get in his office and no we, had, to leave. <laughs> we we had a couple of conversations over phone. Um but yeah, he just wasn't really buying he'd sort of died down from his alleged antics back in the day um all right fuck me <laughs> did you go in for a negotiation 
<laughs> didn't get a chance to. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that is really <laughs> trying everything. I'll take a massive pay cut if you want. <laughs> what do you mean, Greg? What do you mean? <laughs> Any crack on uh, Sean Morrison? Please tell me you saw the video about Keo. But the mates aren't they? They are mates, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the thing. And then that's why it got so blown out of uh, proportion is that they were friends. And um, that video, like our game had just been called off uh, at Derby for snow. There was not an inch of snow anywhere. I put it up on Twitter, made it on Sky Sports News. There was no snow at all. And then I had my car driven up to Derby but there was a shitload of snow in Cardiff and my car got stuck in Cardiff. And um, the Aston Martins are <laughs> not roadworthy, are they? Just a, just unless, a Mercedes. <laughs> I, I unless calmed down it, unless it's a James Bond one, they're not <laughs> laughing at But my car got stuck in, in, uh, in snow in Cardiff. So all the Derby fans were coming after me thinking that because I was going after him, there was no snow in Derby. My car got stuck in Derby, but it was Cardiff. But after that game, we made that video of Sean just gunning Keo. Mozza is one of the best human beings I've ever met. He is the nicest guy. But you put him on the on the pitch and he is horrible. Like I would never want to come up against Sean one-on-one because he would just mullet you. So this do you know which video he's on about? Yeah. Is he in a taxi and he's yeah. Yeah. He's basically just hammering um what's Keo. he called? Keo. Yeah. But a bit of fun because the mates. But it doesn't come across like that on the video. No, I think right. people think because he goes after his he goes after his dick and how small it is. <laughs> then he like the way he plays, he sprints out with the ball and then chops back in. It's like <laughs> just yeah. Which is all pretty much apart from the dick bit, I've never seen it. It's all pretty much true, isn't it? That's the thing about it. But it's hilarious. But Sean, yeah, like I said, one of the best human beings I've ever met. There's one name jumping out of this sheet. Phil Brown. Did you have him at South End? I did. So you went Cardiff and then Aberdeen. Yeah. Down to South End. Mm-hmm. Did he sign you, Phil? No, a guy called Mark Mosley did. But Phil came in, obviously had a good stint with South End before. Thought he'd come in and save us and he was very close to doing it. But me, I, I got on really well with him. We had a lot of conversations outside of football as well. He never came across as that guy who does the half team, a half-time yeah. team talk on the, in the middle of the pitch. But you could see that he was chocolate. He'd, he'd eat himself if he could. Which um, we don't mind. Have you yeah, noticed I never, when you said his name then, I never said cunt. Yeah. Yeah. did you like him? <laughs> yeah. For 220 episodes, I always said Phil Brown cunt. But I didn't this time. How come? Well, we'd done a podcast with him and... Uh... You shit his pants? <laughs> <laughs> he did a Steve Evans. <laughs> the Iron Brew and Chip Diet. <laughs> Might try that as we've... Uh... <laughs> so a few people mentioned Waterford and mm. with Mark Bertram there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually enjoyed my time out in Ireland. Um... He actually messed with me, Bertram. Ask Greg about his time in Waterford and the young Teddy Venables of a manager he had. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Bertie. <laughs> <laughs> best right? player you played with? Uh, best player I played with. If you want to do like history of a player, you you can't really look past Carney in terms of his whole whole round career. But then I played like with Andy Cole and, and Dwight York as well. So 
in the same team. But yeah, I can't really look past Kanu. He's just, even when his legs went, you just couldn't get the ball from him. <laughs> Any regrets? <laughs> yeah, um, asking Kino about transfer policies. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you suck that fucking ears up, by the way. What a twat that is. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what are you doing now? Are you hashtag? At hashtag now. Um, went to hashtag because I set up a couple of businesses, closing businesses. Uh, went to hashtag because obviously their platform that they have um, is unreal online. Um, so I incorporated both playing and my businesses. Um me and John nearly had a tear up before we recorded because I've gone for the XL in the uh, T-shirt. Yeah. But Which I, I do I, believe was You've got a new customer, by the way. For me. You like it, yeah? Very nice fit. Happy. Oh, God. The, the look you give me when I put this on. <laughs> I've never seen you look at us like that before. Yeah. I was a little bit scared. But what, yeah, what's a brand called? 15. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I started out, but... I, I pretty much had the number 15 throughout my entire career. So I just wanted to have some sort of um, resonance with my clothing brand and sort of my past career. So, you know, the stars round it represent two team of the years and two promotions. See, you've not even fucking looked at it, have you? <laughs> I, I can just feel the, it. You just put the fucker on, haven't <laughs> you? You've not even looked I'm at it. I'm a thicker bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's good fun. You got to. Uh, I think you should, we could have a live try on now, John. Oh, a live one, yeah. What's how many kisses are on that one in bag? <laughs> That's just a lie. I've got the XL. You've got the XL. Oh yes, I'm looking forward to this. Here we go. Get the large on, John. Here we go. Been on holiday, hey? Yeah. Looks well, done, not he? I mean, I've been retired four years. I've not had a sweat on in four years. <laughs> What's the website? Fifteen uh, clothing.com. Instagram as well, and yeah, that. Instagram. Yeah, I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't think this is going to say anything. <laughs> I tell you what, you happy? I know what. Oh, oh there yeah, you go. just line. give us a catwalk strut, look down the lens, turn. It's a bit it's too short, too short for you. <laughs> 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 Looking good. How long's it been going? <laughs> Fucking Clark's in here. That's me. You'll be the governor in Barnsley with that one. Yeah. How long um, have you been set it up? Like, is it three months now? Yeah, Going three good. months. Enjoying it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's just, it's obviously a complete new new aspect to her career it's going really well actually um obviously i just thought having the the people that i know in in football may help me uh quite a fair bit in in launching this and it's turned out that way so yeah i'm very happy with it um but yeah three months you haven't agreed to this so just bear with us but can we sort some discount out for the listeners yeah of course yeah i'll sort of discount code. it is good gear i'm not even taking the piss i like it as, as you, you can clearly see. <laughs> well, good luck, mate. I really yeah, enjoyed right, that. Mate, really enjoyed Brilliant, that. Mate. How else do you want to? 
yeah, I've I've loved every minute of doing it, like the designing and making and the media. You see the fucking results. I know exactly. <laughs> That's it's hard work. That's surely got to be the best thing about it, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, top brilliant, top brilliant that. Thank you very much. Good luck with it all, and thank you. Cheers for coming on. And I'm really sorry about smashing your nuts. Top man, mate. <laughs> Cheers. I've just only just spotted your socks. Whose socks? Your socks. Some of them. Hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a. Uh, <laughs> Don't talk about my socks, I've them shoes. I've had know, a man. wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> so we came down last night, didn't we? We're in London. We're in London. Came down last night and came in my flip-flops and my shorts. Comfort travelling. Forgot to bring any other footwear. So I've had to wear these. These are Chris Brown's running shoes. What size are you? Ten. And what are you? Eleven and a half. <laughs> They're a little bit tight, <laughs> but still better than... Wearing my flip flops. Shoelaces look like that elastic you get around a beef joint. They're never going to be the same again. Uh, I was watching. I was actually watching you walk, and they were cr- like buckled at the bottom. There's a lot of weight going through them. They look like a crushed pallet. In fact, somebody, somebody seen me the other day. Says uh, you're walking a little bit funny. Says, "What do you mean?" He says, "You've got a stone in your shoe." I says, well, I've got fucking 22 in the other one. Very good. <laughs> Do you tell that kind of stuff on you after dinner? Yeah. Well? No, no, we, no, Is that no. what we can expect? No. Yeah. Uh, if anyone wants to book us, by the way. <laughs> we all well. Yeah, good. Really good job. Yeah. Do you know Enjoy what? It? Where are we? Milton Keynes last night. The best night's sleep I've had in probably four years. And who were you in bed with? I was cuddled up with Johnny. <laughs> it was a, it's a small double, in it? Yeah. Small double bed. So he's fucked up again with... Wait, well... Booking. No, fuck off. Fuck oh, he up. meant he meant that. <laughs> That's been a couple of weeks coming, that. Rocks up and then... Sleeps four, but, but that was two you sleep at the same cot. I tell you what, them, them Airbnb... What's the word? Like, vendors. No, not vendors. People who... Agents. Who, who have these Airbnbs. The, the sneaky buggers. The sneaky buggers. We're going to do a... Um, Patreon bonus in a minute, which we'll get into in more detail, I think, for the Patreons. But there are sneaky buggers because it said four beds, and then they've taken a picture of one room with a double bed, they've taken a picture of another room with a double bed, and then taken another picture of a room with two single beds. So I'm thinking we're safe here. I mean, two of us get a double bed each, and then two of us unfortunately have to draw straws uh, for who's going to get the two singles, but no. That double bed was two singles, and they've taken two different pictures. The cheeky. Same. You're not happy with that. Are same, you? same wallpaper. <laughs> same monuments. <laughs> same. Same bedding. The beds. It was the same throw. <laughs> I think. That's, no, that's that's devious. That. So you know when that car, when Matty's car pulled it in the car park, me and you were off like a shot, <laughs> thinking we had our. You know exactly what we were. You know exactly what was happening. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't have, like. I was just trying to find the keys for this Airbnb because it were one of them locked boxes and everything, and then. He rocked up with his bags there a bit, ready to chuck him on a bed, and I'm like, oh, shit, well, I've not got anything. Can I, can I get away with just putting my phone on? <laughs> Clear me. I'm just going to take my shoes and my pants off and put them on the pillar. That's mine. So basically, you slept on the settee, which did actually come out to be a bed. Yeah, it worked out in my fit. So I slept five then? Yeah. Matty had the double, and... Driver's route. Driver's right. So you two sharing. Obviously, driving down Monday, we had a live show... Sunday night, and you, what was that meal that you had on the way down, just before we left? 
Oh, beautiful. Beans, onions, potatoes, so all the good I'll ingredients for a good I'll talk you through this. Fry some onions off. Right. Get some potatoes. Boil them to 75% cooked. Corn beef. Gravy, baked beans, onions. Layer it like a lasagna. Cheese on top. Put it in the oven. 20 minutes, 25 minutes maximum. And fucking thank me later. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. He's waxing lyrical. You're thinking, I bet that produced some kind of unbelievable fart. And the smell. I, I'm not joking, right? That, <laughs> I, honestly, that is the worst pump I've ever smelled. I've ever. never seen. <laughs> ever. I've, I've never seen four windows get wound down on the back of a fart. It was in All one of us two. just reach for the flipping <laughs> thingy. <laughs> and to be fair, Matty must have gone double pronged. <laughs> put the back ones down. Because I won't put it down. You know that when it hits you, and it hits you hard, it, it stayed hit. Well, I was sat next to him in back. Oh my it god! Is, it is, and you've actually you've actually given me a new dream. I would really like to make you physically vomit from a pump. I nearly wretched. It was that bad. But it was seamless, John. Then, I've got to give it a credit where credit's due. It was seamless. Well, you, I, I think the first <laughs> thing you said release. this morning was, "I think I only did one trump." <laughs> just before You're really proud of yourself. Yeah. But, but there was no way after what I smelled in that car that I was going to be sharing a bed. We've done it loads. It just put me off sharing a bed with anybody. I just didn't want to be... Just shared all sorts over the years. Yeah, naked as well. And just under the sheets. I get a zip bath. I get a zip bath. What time did I get down? About 11 o'clock? What, past 11? So I thought, I get it bath. So I had a bath. I've come and got dried. And then I put my shorts on. He says, oh, thanks for putting your shorts on. I went... Oh, they're coming off when I go to bed. I'm only, I'm only, only for dosing the bath. Especially no barrier under, you know, the, the <laughs> pumps are loose. He gets out the bath Straight and goes, from the flute. This is the cleanest body in Milton Keynes. <laughs> <laughs> no need to fret. This is the cleanest ass in Milton Keynes. <laughs> I'll tell you what's blown his mind. We've just seen two kilograms worth of chicken wings on a menu. And you, you're baffled, aren't you? Well, I'd like to see, we will see... What How many kilograms two, are you? Me? I tell you, I tell you exactly. I'm twenty stone, three pounds. It's like in kilograms. Well over hundred. <laughs> About hundred ninety. <laughs> Plenty over hundred. I tell you what, it's more uh, in kilograms than you are in fucking inches. Let me tell you. <laughs> twenty stone, three pounds. I got upscaled the other day. I reckon. I, I What's reckon. What's fighting weight? When I, when I finish playing, I'll probably finish playing at about seventeen and a half. Probably about hundred and seven kilograms. Greenwood Sport Pub and Kitchen, we are That's today. That's really Thank you very much for having us. Uh, it's been spot in, on, hasn't it? We're in Leicester beers. Square, aren't we? <laughs> are we? No. <laughs> I mean, Victoria Station <laughs> is there. I can see it. I can see the yeah. sign. Spot on, isn't it? Have you hmm? seen the tellies in that downstairs for a Super yeah, Sunday? I think if, you're in, if you're in London, I'd, uh, I'd uh, head down for the game. And we'll let you know how the two kilograms worth of chicken wings went off. There's we'll four, have one there's four double cheeseburgers coming as well, by the way. <laughs> Oh, and some nachos. The menu was class. We, we're not talking about the episode. Greggles. Oh, fucking hell, aye. Oh, Greggles. <laughs> Greggles? <laughs> do you know him well enough to call him Greggles? No. I don't, do you call I'm anybody Greggles? I, I, I don't think his <laughs> mum and dad know him well enough to call him Greggles. <laughs> Greggles? No, Greg Alford today. Club, some clubs, by He's the way. Gonna, he thinks it's an intro. 
<laughs> put an episode with it with that. The silent nod. Um, <laughs> the cops are turning and the dust blew out your ears. Yeah. It was good, wasn't it? I think we were all chipped in, didn't we? It's good episodes yeah. like that. Where I, li- I like kind of uh, which uh, speaks for Greg, like just just relax with it and sit mm. down and just have a chat. Like I tell you what, obviously when he when he spoke about his uh, autism and that, I think that'll make a lot of people who played with him more managed him have a totally different outlook on what they thought of him yeah definitely so, I mean when you've, if you've got autism and you struggle with change and all that sort of stuff to have fucking 19 clubs right you must be like yeah struggling all the time wouldn't you that, then, I think that's a, that can tarnish everybody with the same brush can't you and you know sometimes especially when you're in different clubs and stuff you're like oh yeah he's a bit of a knobhead I, thought, like, I said in like, the thingy it's a ruthless ruthless place to be yeah because you just have that assumption that everybody's yeah. the same and First everybody's going through go the same way, thing he spoke about it on the podcast with the initiation songs uh, and if it had come to a club I were at and it, and it went I'm not singing I'm not singing there's my money straight away yeah, I'd have been he's like hammered, he's a fucking yeah. dick which is fair to him for, for talking about it because that then does raise the awareness of maybe thinking a little bit me personally you'll think a little bit more before judging somebody or coming to any kind of assumptions definitely took you three years to get used to us didn't it joking apart it is that kind of ruthless sometimes yeah. if he'd, it's a if bit he'd too much for you, sometimes be like, and it rubs serious? off as well i went for a walk with a few of my mates a few weeks like going for we went for a walk i went for a few pints <laughs> had some tight pants on and I'm like, fucking hell, you come out in your jumpers? And me over there, it's like, what have you been like that for? <laughs> he's changed him. He's changed. <laughs> what a couple of like? subscribers, he's changed. What have you been like that for? And it is just for... No, but to be fair, for a long... Just used to... For a long time. A, is it a sign of endearment? I'd like to think so, but... I think... In fact, both Matty as well. Oh, aye. I think Matty, like... We're a bit like, what are these, the, the Dixies? I think he's warm to me, but he's still unsure about you. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a cunt. No, <laughs> perfectly honest. But, yeah. Just yeah. The, but that, as I said, if you imagine there's four of us, there's 22, 24 in a dressing room. But then again, not everybody's the same in that dressing room. Amongst them, 22, I imagine. But you can still feel on your own. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what's going on, you'll still feel alone. Some like. moves, by the way, isn't it? Mm. Uh, like by by uh, only 23, 24. Yeah. yeah um, we were in Barnsley last night, um, and we've got that Norwich is coming. We need to sell a few more tickets to Norwich. So if you're in Norwich, all the surrounding areas, the many surrounding areas to Norwich. It's a lovely part of the world. Yeah. Uh, come on down, you and Roberts. We'll Can't speak about this in the thingy later. His behaviour at Barnsley. Disgrace. We're there to do a job and you just want to get off home. Me and Johnny put a turn on for everybody. <laughs> we basically done 12 songs after, did we? I spoke to somebody in the crowd afterwards and I think he used the word embarrassing. <laughs> Fuck off. I think he, he we did. We were anything but embarrassing. We always have a bit of karaoke at the end, don't we? Ultimate professional, I always think we should leave on a high. So three songs, I mean, crowd, the whole crowd, the whole place, is, everybody's enjoying it. Right, that's it, finish on a high. Oh, do no, you, no, no. Let's do another. I Let's you, do another. I, I went. I went off stage. I went. I had a wee. I had a, got a pint. I had a chat with Dean Windass, with Mark Crossley. I come back out, still going. I tell you what, I didn't realise because the the put the the the, the, the garrison in Barnsley, we do it. It's like a 
big room and then there's a bifolding doors and then there's the bar area and we've got like I don't know I will 300, tell you 400 now, fans I will tell you now I came back on stage and saying it, oh, I think that's it now are we calling it time time Brady no. goes no they're loving it they're loving it <laughs> they're I loving had a look it. out and the next song there was, there was 12 people at the front and none nah, of them were at the show 12 it all came out at pub that's what I mean <laughs> we, we were actually the turn I'm telling you when I put uh, requested Teenage Dirtbag it went off Remember, I think you even made an appearance on the night. <laughs> you came back out. But it tur- for the last three or four songs, it turns out that nobody who'd been to the live show were actually still Oh, no, in they'd the all room. left. They'd all left. It were people who were just on a night out from the other room that would come in. in <laughs> and they must have seen this turn <laughs> slash brush band. Act. Act. It got to the point I went into the audience. Stood in the audience and started booing <laughs> to try and get you off stage. So, so we done we done like four or five songs for twenty four or five? twenty-five people that is who an weren't under- even at our live show. We and were, were very pop, complimentary we though. We were pop stars for a night. You had your top off. <laughs> you had yours off at one point, I think. <laughs> I think we all did. Well, thanks everybody for, for watching and listening again. If you're not already subscribed, we've gone off on a bit of a tangent there, haven't we? Mm. Um, I think we've got a couple hundred left, haven't we? Yeah, not far off. Up to a hundred. So we have a snap. Right, so we're going to carry on. Do we have a snap? Yeah, one minute. We're really, really nearly finished. We're going to do another draw for a shirt. We'll give two two shirts away next week if we get to that hundred or when we get to that hundred. So we're only 200 off. So if you could subscribe, that would be fantastic. Let's ask your pals to do it. Yeah, I'll create some more extra accounts. And I had a look at the stats again, and 15%. <laughs> only 15%. <laughs> right, we'll see you next week. See you Thanks, later. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.